from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back to the second day of the week, and it's still Chiefs Kingdom. Glad you guys are with us, and the Chiefs are getting ready to get moving forward on the 2021 season. Before we get into all of that, we need you to check out another show that you guys probably miss a little bit with Williamson and Peacock on their own feed. Don't forget to check them out. They'll give you a different perspective than you're going to get here. And quite frankly, there's a lot of perspectives on Chiefs Kingdom all the way around. We have to start with OTAs are coming. There's a couple of updates we're going to get into and maybe even a look at the future. What could be happening on this roster? I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and your host at RGR Football. And I'm Chris Clark. Thank you for listening. And we do appreciate all those new iTunes reviews. So thank you for those. And I just got to throw this out there because I know we were talking news. Uh, it looks like a former Chiefs wide receiver signed with the Atlanta Falcons. Just want to throw that out there. Right. Just just want it out there. Uh, and, and Taja, I don't I don't I don't know that he's going to play. Well, good for him. I thought he might have a shot at working into the rotation in Kansas City. Um, at least competing for probably not the sixth. I don't know that he's a, a huge special teams guy, but maybe the fifth, maybe get on the field. But now at least the Falcons can say they got something from the Chiefs. Yeah, more than they could probably say otherwise. Uh, but we'll get into that a little bit later because I know you want to talk about it. But OTA start tomorrow for Kansas City. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see what kind of numbers they have for players showing up. Uh, and we have a little bit to talk about about that, but I do want to say, no surprise, Aaron Rodgers did not show up in Green Bay. No, I mean, could you really think that he was gonna? I mean, unless it's all smoke. Oh, hey, good for him. So um, good for him. Mahalo. I have I have some friends out there that would like to enjoy uh, whatever the workout routine he's probably doing. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised. There's a couple of trainers out there um, that do specific things. In the water in Hawaii, in order to train quarterbacks in particular, Alex Smith was one that worked with them quite a bit. Um, you know, carrying these giant rocks that keep you submerged, but working underwater against the tide and everything else. Uh, I don't know if Aaron's that serious or not, if he's just relaxing, but uh, he's definitely got the world on a string at the moment. Yes, he does. And uh, Deshaun Watson is also not showing up in Houston. Uh, that is nothing new. So, uh, you know, I just wanted to bring those two things up because. They don't directly affect Kansas City. They indirectly affect Kansas City. And both of them actually could end up directly affecting Kansas City later this season, depending on how their situations end up. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot going on. That The two biggest question marks, well, yeah, I guess, because they're quarterbacks, uh, in the league right now is what's going to happen with these two guys. And the AFC is going to be affected either way whether it's a, a departure out of it from Deshaun Watson, um, whether it's a move within it. As I understand it, the Denver Broncos are still the most interested party that have um, the best chance at landing him if and when. And I do think it is a win. The Houston Texans decide to, to part ways from him. Um, and then they seem to also be interested in Aaron Rodgers. Like, they're not messing around. George Payton wants a new quarterback. He wants somebody who has experience. And it, it may be one of these two players. It could be. And here's the key on that, though. They're interested in both of those guys. So you better make sure you get something done with one of those teams. Mm-hmm. Because you don't want to be in a situation where you're asking a QB to start in Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke that knows that you were trying to move on from both of them. Yeah. And some interesting words from Teddy Bridgewater this week, you know, about... uh one year stay in Carolina, et cetera, et cetera. He does sound motivated, so good for them. 
Maybe it is that relationship that Peyton has with him. Maybe it is a newfound fire for Teddy Bridgewater. But I don't think uh, the Denver Broncos are done and trying to acquire somebody. Whether they get it done or not is going to be really interesting to see how it all falls out. And fallout is coming. Yes, it is. And I just have to say, some of the talks of what I've seen Denver giving up to get Aaron Rodgers, go get him. I just I sit here and I look at it. It's like two first round picks, Bradley Chubb, and I'm just sitting here going, "Go ahead, go get him." If you think he's worth that, go ahead and go get him. I don't know how much longer he's going to play. He's a fantastic quarterback, but that's a ton to give up. Yeah, I mean, that's talk about what do they do with with injured horses? You know, you're going to hurt yourself enough to maybe I don't want to say demolish but i mean seriously set back an entire organization by trading for one player if if some of those rumors are true and if you give up bradley chubb what are you gonna do when von miller is gone next year right i mean that's a huge question because right now von miller is slated to be a free agent after this year i can't imagine he's back in denver uh although if aaron Rodgers is there maybe von miller comes back but still he's not the same player bradley chubb is and i think chubb has the ability to uh, ascend even higher than he has been and he was injured all of last year so i think you know big question marks i it's a fascinating scenario to watch yeah i i agree it's gonna be and, telling and i have a question that i want to ask you from um, the mailbag yesterday right after we get back from this break bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action football might be over but the nba college basketball and hl are going to be back in full swing and bet online even covers award shows reality TV, all kinds of stuff. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code's locked on for Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all the bars. And we recognize it's been hard to keep up with the brackets and all the new flavors, but let's remember, when it all comes said and done, there are a couple things that really stand out, like cookies and cream with 17 grams of protein at 130 calories, or almond coconut, which is one of my favorites still. And you can get a serious discount over at BuiltBar.com. By using the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 50% off your next order. That's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So one of the questions that was in the mailbag yesterday was about Orlando Brown and how you can be somebody his size and his ability and be so good at offensive tackle but do so horribly in testing. I just wanted to get your take on that. You know, there's a number of things. I will say this. The combine itself, and remember, this was a year, he was there a year when the combine happened, so it's not the comfort of just doing the pro days. Um, And he did improve when he went to the pro days, so it looks like it was a couple of things. One, that these guys, the combine itself is a marathon, and the workout is the last part of it. And at that point, a lot of guys get frustrated. We heard about Ruben Foster and his experience and his kind of blow up, right? Um, A lot of guys get worn down by that process. And don't perform up to what they think is their optimal. There's a lot of guys that you hear questions about. Hey, you know, he looks way faster on film than he tested. And that's that's sometimes the case. There's also the thing that it takes prep, especially for uh, an offensive lineman. 
You know, he, ton of prep. <laughs> the only thing good about a 40 yard dash or an offensive lineman is that he's coming out of a stance that's at least somewhat similar to what he does every day. Right. But it's it's no good past 20. And quite frankly, it's really no good past 10. But it's also a very specific skill set. And clearly, I don't know. I, when I watched his film, I felt that he was functional within a given area. I didn't feel he was the greatest puller. Um, and I didn't feel like he was, you know, he was not Eric Fisher getting downfield 20. <laughs> Thank you. you know I said I mean? yesterday, he is not Eric Fisher. He is not going to be that guy that is 40 yards down the field trying to block somebody. Yeah, that's not I, who he is. No, but if he can move to 10 or 12 yards and hit an engagement, take out a, a defender, that's his job. Yep. And I thought he was OK at that. I didn't think he was exemplary at that. And clearly his workout didn't prove that either. So I I said the the other thing at the time that I was concerned about is a lack of preparation, a lack of dedication to the process, knowing that you're living off of your film grade and you're going to get drafted and it's going to be pretty high anyway. Um, You know, there is some maturity things. There's there does seem to be a recurring thing with him that, hey, um, you all know who my dad is and I'm going to do what he did. And maybe that played into the preparation for the combine in the pre-draft process. Definitely something to watch going forward. I do think he'll be very good in Kansas City. But again, like I said yesterday, and like you just said, he's not Eric Fisher. He is not that type of tackle, and they're not going to ask him to do what he was, what Eric Fisher was doing. Andy Heck is very good, uh, and Andy Reid is very good about putting their guys in the right positions for what they can do well. For the most part, obviously that didn't work out well for him in the Super Bowl, but there wasn't really much you could do with all the injuries they had. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, and it's a when the score got out of hand, sorry. Well, and they admitted it. Um, what was it? Was it day two of the draft? Um, you know, they knew this was coming for a while. They knew that they had to address it. They were trying to keep it together with the right. guys that they had. And it just, when it all falls apart, it all falls apart. Um, so I'm glad that they recognized that, that they let it go too far. And I know everybody's oh, excited about Mitch Schwartz and his recovery. And I just don't know if he's ever going to get back in the uniform guys i I would agree with that but what i will say in this regard is that man if brett beach wants to attack a position or a positional group man does he ever do it holy crap and that's that's something that we will talk about later in the show as well but that positional group he certainly accomplished it now the question comes down to and as you guys are hearing this you might be downloading it on monday night but certainly by tuesday they're getting ready to get on the field and they got to put all those personalities, all those abilities back into a cohesive unit, at least one of five and maybe a couple extra guys. I actually think for right now, they have to have two deep and, and try to build that continuity right now with those groups in, in really what is like a, a first string and a second string, not mixing and matching like they have in years past. Right. And they have to figure out who they're going to have at what positions. And it'll be, you know, it doesn't really necessarily matter who they have in the first string, second string right now in camp, but it does give you an idea as to where they think they're going to be. It'll be very interesting and very telling to me when we get numbers and we get people that are telling us who's where when it comes to these roster to these different lineups uh, in OTAs. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That's going to be really the, the biggest factor. Is, and the big question is who's going to be there. We would yeah. imagine everybody, but that's not always the case. No, I, I'm hearing a lot of speculation about LDT and everything. Everything that we've seen from him says he's getting ready. Um, tomorrow's the day. I didn't see him in any of the released photos of last week's workouts. 
Um, they were still voluntary as is this week as well. So who knows? Maybe there's delays. Um, we'll see. I think we will pretty quickly hear some things about who's rotating where. And right now is the time where they can mix and match. But I would hope by the end of this, by the end of mandatory minicamp, that they have a starting lineup that they're trying to get reps with. Right. And I would say if you're LDT and you want to play for the Chiefs this year, you need to be back at OTAs tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I understand he's trying to get his MD. He's trying to get everything done with that uh, and get through his residency and all of that. And I get it. But if you want to play this year, you need to be there because it's going to be a completely different ballgame than it was when you were there two years ago. And you have all new players that you don't you're not going to have any clue about right now. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have a new guy on the right side and on your left side. It's just around the way it's going to be. Yeah, and and that really becomes important because it's not walking into the same situation for him. Right. And there's a lot of guys that aren't walking into the situation. What we have to see, and the guys that are standing out to me are, obviously, you want to see the rookie class. I want to see what Willie Gay has. I want to see how he's moving. I want, I want eyes on, and we'll get what we can get from Matt from the open portion of practice. We'll also get pressers and we'll get some updates. And I, I need to know where he is in his recovery because he and Bolton have to get on the same page, even though I think Bolton won't be a starter at first. I think they're going to be stubborn. They're going to leave Ben Neiman in there for a yep. while until Nick takes the job. DeAndre Baker. Yeah. I want to see that too. Yeah. Uh, I don't is think he's going will. to be there. I understand. And I, and I probably agree. I agree with you on that. But if he's there, if he's at least on the field, that's a good sign. Yeah. If he's nowhere to be seen, that's a whole different ball game, And you got to figure he's still a while away. But I would, you know, you can hope that he's there at least and on the field, not necessarily, you know, ready to practice or nothing, but we'll see. Yeah. You'd like to, to get that, uh, that nice blanket statement of he's uh, working off the field with the trainers. <laughs> If we can right. see a little light jogging or that kind of thing, at least he's ready to put weight on it and that kind of thing impacts. That's an important step moving forward from that injury. Um, there's a lot of guys, and there's so many position battles. We'll start talking about one of them that you, we could see a huge rotation in, and there's a little bit of intrigue left in this league at this position. Talk wide receivers coming up next. The chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics versus us do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing their prices based on whims like the airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or an account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend twice the money for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. You can shake your head all you want. I know. Um, you just want to go here. It's okay. I I do because I feel like Monday changed something for me anyway. Uh, because I felt the same thing most of this time in that blah, blah, blah. They're, they could trade Julio Jones, whatever. I didn't think that it was going to become a reality because I didn't realize the scope. And it was confirmed today that 
He asked for a trade months ago. And so it's been in the works. This isn't a last minute thing. This isn't like reaction to the draft and, and uh, you know, the pits being on board there. The Chiefs have quite a competition behind Tyreek Hill and McCole Hardman. That's nothing's changed there. And they brought in talent at every level from from draft pick to UDFA to, you know, retread veteran. They're putting competition at this spot. And normally I would say, hey, you know, Brett Feach has covered his bases. He's got all kinds of options that could make this roster in this spot. But then I think back, and every time I've said something like that, Brett Feach ends up pulling something off that I didn't see him going after. That's got me thinking, with the confirmation from Julio Jones today that he won't be back, point blank, that's what he said. And the fact that this has been a viable option, a trade in general for a while, do you think there's enough competition as we start OTAs today at the wide position, or wide receiver position that, that maybe he doesn't want to, you know, he made a phone call that's so that he'll do that on anything. Right. But do you think he might pursue this? I said this yesterday because I did the mailbag and this was a question asked by a couple of different people. And I'll say it again today. Is it something that can't see is going to make a phone call on? Absolutely. I do think it is possibility. They'll make a phone call. PFF came out and said that Kansas City would give a second-round pick, a third-round pick, and a sixth-round pick and get Julio Jones and a sixth-round pick back. Let me ask you this. Would you do it for that? Take money out of the equation. Would you do it for that? Take money out of the equation. He's 32 years old. So the second, I I would try to move it down from the second, but multiple picks isn't a problem. Uh, Multiple top 100s, I would be a little bit eh, but it's Julio Jones. Um, Right. The health is an issue. He it's missed not seven as, games last year. Right. And it's not as severe as I had thought. I thought it had been a couple of seasons with nearly that little production, but it is an issue. Um, it really comes down to me for, okay, so you're giving up pick at what? 60? 62? 64 in the second? At that point, at, at what is relatively a third round value, I can live with that. If you feel that medically you can get out of him and it doesn't turn into a Sammy Watkins situation. Right. Because that does come back to the money. Okay. So you would do it for that compensation. So the question becomes is how does Kansas City afford fifteen point three million in base salary in twenty twenty one? Because right is- now they're at seven or just about eight million dollars in cap space. So that will put them seven million over. Yeah. I see two scenarios. Um one being that Tyron's been messing around and trying to push buttons and trying to get his deal done. And they actually do pull the trigger and give him what he want in a way structurally that allows them to absorb Jones's money in year one and year two here in KC. And then you're, you're probably off the hook in terms of the expansion. I've heard numbers from Joel Corey up around two ninety five for the cap in coming seasons. If it jumps that big, then, then you're squared away. You're, you're all right. So it's really about, the immediacy of right now. Right. And I need to backtrack a little bit. Kansas City is at seven point, let's call it nine million in cap space. Uh, that is with only the top 51 contracts. More than likely, they're closer down to five million when you start taking into account the other players that are going to end up being on the roster, anybody that ends up on IR, and all the practice squad players. So let's say they're at about five million in cap space. They still need to come up with another 10.3. Uh, could they get there? Okay, so Tyron right now is on the cap for almost $20 million. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they could get there. They need to find a way to lower his cap number by 
you know, 15 million close to, you know, 12 to at least, at least down to the, you know, eight or nine million a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying they can't get there when it comes to the cap. The issue is, is that you're paying Tyree Kill already. His number for this season is 15.6 million in his cap number. So you're going to be paying two wide receivers over 30 million if you make that trade. Now, the argument I will make is if you want to get this trade done, you have to talk to Julio Jones before the trade happens and say, okay, we will trade for you, but we're going to need you to restructure your contract and we'll give you 9 million this year and 8 million next year, which is still the guaranteed 17 he's got. If he would do that, then I think you could make this trade work. He says he wants to win. The question is, is he going to allow himself to make, you know, half of what he's making right now over the next two seasons? Well, and that's scenario number two. I agree with you. And and I would even put it a different way. He's got to sign an extension so you can put some dummy years out there and still get him. I doubt he would take that deal for only 17 total. That right. guarantee has to be there, obviously. But I would think that you need some dummy years so you can extend it, spread out that cap hit and make it so that he can still make what is close to total income that he deserves, given he's a top three wide receiver. But there's also another way, and I'll say this, they've been holding off on the Tyreek Hill extension, knowing that that's coming as well. Do you go to Tyreek Hill, and can you convince him, hey, you want to win more rings, you're going to share the spotlight a little bit, we got to structure this again so it's team friendly now so we can afford to give you somebody that will take coverage away from you and maybe that's something that can happen as well (laughs) yeah i don't think tyreek is going to be going team friendly with the second contract fair enough second extension i could be wrong but the fact that he wasn't really open to renegotiating tells me that he's not going to be looking to uh be more team friendly this time around and in, 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 in some instances, I get it. I mean, he's sure. making a good amount of money. Don't get me wrong, but he is probably a top. He is definitely a top five wide receiver in the NFL, and his contract doesn't quite get him there. It's I close. Agree. Yeah, and it makes perfect sense. This is his third contract. He needs to do that. Right. And that is what is in his best interest as a professional, and I understand that completely. The difference is, is now Julio his simple presence would make the ability for Tyreek to hit big numbers, to hit and get himself into that discussion from a couple of weeks and make it more legitimate is by having a running partner that will take coverage away from him. And, and that yeah, I don't may disagree be with you step. on that. And I don't disagree with you, but the problem is, is getting him. Okay. So if you're going to do that, you're going to have to give him, you would have to basically offer him a very high incentive laden contract. The problem with giving him an incentive-laden contract is you still have Travis Kelsey on this roster. You still have Tyreek Hill. You have, if yep. you have Julio Jones, you only have so many balls you can get, you can throw around. Uh, there wasn't a wide receiver on this roster, I don't believe, that last year had over 800 yards receiving. If you have both Tyreek Hill and Julio Jones on this roster, I think both of them are going over 1,000 as, as well as Kelsey. I just don't see how you're going to be able to get the volume to all three of those guys to make it all work. I'm not saying it can't, but to get them all, I mean, <laughs> you're going to have to do some cap magic in order to make that work oh, yeah. is, I guess, really where I would go with it. Hey, and it, I'm basing all this on the 177 number that I thought they'd not be able to recover from, and they did. There, right. There is magic to be had. 
My thing is on field, I think it works itself out because Travis Kelsey's over 30. Julio's over 30. Like you can give them, honestly, with the three of them on the field, they're nearly unstoppable. Let's, let's be honest. I, I don't care what Todd Bowles does with his backfield that stopped them in the Super Bowl. You're not right. going to do that with those three. You can Especially afford, with I the think, offensive to, line. Right. And I, I think you can afford to rep them down at that point so that you're using your backups a little bit more. You're not taxing them to that point. And when they are on the field, I mean, it's go time all the time. It's going to be fun. Right. And I think they would go for that because that extends not only the success in getting rings, it extends all of their careers. And for Tyreek being the youngest, it extends the chances of him having getting himself to that point where he's considered for a Hall of Fame career. Yeah. And I'm not saying you can't get it done. I, I'm just saying capitalize. It doesn't, I, I don't see how you do it without getting, you're right. Tyre Matthew, if they get the extension done this next week, then maybe it opens it up and, and gives you the opportunity to, yeah. but if that's not done, I don't see how you can make this trade unless Julio is willing to restructure and only go on the guarantees for the next two years. Yeah. I mean, here's the deal. Like you could go back and look at his contract from last year and say, okay, well, maybe we'll give you, you know, we'll guarantee you eight million this year, and Kansas City could probably restructure a couple of smaller contracts and get under and get that done. But in order to get him to a possibility of making the fifteen, you say, okay, well, here's seven million in incentives based on what we didn't have, what you didn't do last year, uh, getting to an AFC Championship game, uh, getting to you know twelve hundred and fifty yards receiving, getting or thirteen hundred yards receiving, which he's hit a lot of times in his career, getting to a certain number of touchdowns. You could make it to where most of those are not likely to be earned to where you could make it to where he could get that if he performed and he played. But that's the big question. Is he willing to take that gamble? Is he willing to take that risk? Because he says he wants to win. If he wants to win, he would want he should want to go to Kansas City because Kansas City right now is still being talked about as a Super Bowl favorite without him. Yeah. And that's where does that put where does that put him? How many wins? What's your over and under if they can get Julio on this offense? And keep everybody mostly healthy for the season. Sixteen wins in the seventeen in the seventeen game se- season. You're saying sixteen. Yep. You're more optimistic than me, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm I'm not kidding. <laughs> Name me one defense that could even slow them with those three guys. Okay, I don't disagree with you, and I guess the only reason I'm taking the under on sixteen is because I look at it and think that it's after getting to fourteen or fifteen wins, they will have had it in the bag, and they will be sitting people for a couple of weeks. Okay. So that to me, that's where I'm coming from. Uh, I do think you're right. I think that you're in a situation where if you have a healthy Julio, a healthy Tyree kill and a healthy Travis Kelsey, it doesn't freaking matter who you're playing week to week. And honestly, this defense is not going to be allowing 35 points a game. Most of the time, there are only a couple offenses in the NFL that I think can put up 30 plus points a game against this defense. I think they're going to be better this year than they were last year. So, it's going to be tough to beat this team. And the question I have when it comes to all that is if you go and you get Julio, Andy Reid obviously has to be signed off on it. And that's a big thing, Mm -hmm. which I don't think will be a problem, but he also has to realize that he isn't going to, he can't play the way he's been playing some of these past couple of years. You can't get to a certain point and say, okay, we're, you know, 15 points ahead. We need to take our foot off the gas. You can't do that with these guys. You're not going to be able to go into these games and get up 15, 20 points early in the game and then coast to wins. 
you're not going to be able to keep your defense healthy that way. And you're honestly not going to keep your offense working the way it should if you're only letting them play full bore for the first half. Well, I'll tell you one other thing that you're not going to be able to do, and that's change the way Andy Reid coaches. That's true. My only thing would be with those three people, and we're not even talking about McCole Hart or or what they're so excited about their post-up guy in Cornell Powell, right? If those are your fourth and fifth options in the pass game, or I'm, talking, I'm talking about 30 points in the first half for against what? 28 of the defenses in this league? I mean, is that unreasonable? I mean, uh, people are going to talk about Dallas and having Sertan wow. and Diggs. You know, I'm sitting. I'm just sitting here. This is just so. This is just so. I don't know. Interesting to me because we seem to be have basically flipped in some ways. And I get it. Like I get it. If Julio Jones was here, I'm not gonna lie. Like I'm not a guy that goes out and gets everybody's jersey. I get a couple mm-hmm. from time to time, but I would get a Julio Jones jersey. Yeah, I respect the heck out of Julio Jones. I think he's a fantastic player. And he seems to have always done it right in Atlanta. And that's always what's impressed me about it. Now, people will say he shouldn't have said what he said today. I'm not so sure he knew he was actually on air. That was my thought, too. Like, I don't know. Is he actually related to Shannon Sharp or they just pals? I'm not sure. But I'm not sure he he knew he was on air. And that's a whole other issue. But regardless, I think he's always done it. I think he's always proven he's a professional. I don't think it would cause any issues in Kansas City. I think he would be a fantastic addition to this team. And for a second, third, and sixth-round pick, I would do it. But you're going to have to do some gymnastics on the cap, or you're going to have to get him to restructure. That's the only way you can make it work. Yeah. And the bigger question, and you brought this up earlier, is getting to 295 on the cap. I don't think that's a possibility in 2022. I think they're still going to be in a situation where it's closer to maybe 250 which is still a pretty large jump. Yeah. But I do think that 300 million is, is something that could easily happen by 2024. Yeah. And and that brings us back to the magic has to happen in this two year window, basically for 21 and 22 to get you to the point where you're getting that natural growth relief because the TV contracts, I mean, the Amazon deal alone is going to add a significant chunk of cap. So, I mean, it, it's temporary. And if we know anything about Brett Veach, he's aggressive in the temporary. So, Hey, let's see what happens. Um, we'd like to know what you think. It is at Locked On Chiefs on Twitter in particular because Chris sees everything that you guys put up there. And uh, I think I'm going to get blown up. <laughs> I think there's going to be a lot more people that agree with you than with me, but that's OK. Oh, um, I guarantee you wrong. <laughs> and hit us on iTunes as well. Let us know what you think there. If you would give us the five star, we very much appreciate that. We work hard on the show. We'd like to know that we're hitting home. If we're not, please let us know what you'd like to hear. Um, we're always looking to improve. We appreciate your time. Thank you much. I have one l- little quick question for you. I like this question yesterday. Which positional group do you think Brett Beach gets under 25 next year? Line, CB, or linebacker? Gets under 25? Under 25 years of age. Oh, the average of the positional group? Yeah. CBs are just about there, aren't they? Yep. Close. Um... I don't know about the line, man. I, I think they still value experience there, so I'm going to say negative on that. Yep. Okay. Is linebacker then? Linebacker, yeah. Yeah, without Hitch. Yeah, yep. I think they're going to be young all the time. So, yeah. That's the one I picked. Okay. All right. Thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. 
Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.